Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Ray and Tay today. Talking sports with friends. Ella, just talk about sports. Here it is, y'all. We're on the air. Sit on the sofa, throw your hands in the air. We're talking sports, so you can come on and listen. NFL predictions, what you're missing? Nothing. We got you. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Racer. And I'm Tay Eric Taylor. It is Friday, January 12th. Got a long Martin Luther King Day weekend. Ray, it might be our favorite weekend in all sports, or at least in the NFL, the divisional round. Got to talk about the NBA is finally at the halfway point. We can start talking some hoops as we say goodbye to college football, Ray. 26-23, we both Alabama fans, we we predicted it. We tip our hat to Saban and Tua Tagalomaulua. What did you think when the kid missed a kick to force them to go to overtime did you lean one way or the other, or did you just have faith that Bama would still get it done? You know what? This Bama team been, has been resilient from losing at the last second last year to Deshaun Watson, and I had a feeling that they would eventually persevere. It's tough to lose. They missed two kicks, right? If they had made either or both of those, they win yeah, the game of, in regulation. But it also tells you when he was able to bring Tua in, Tua was the most highly touted quarterback coming out of high school. Yeah, and so, yes, he was a true freshman, but he had enrolled a semester early, and it just shows you how much talent is on that Alabama team, on that whatever, that 90-man <coughs> program, how much re- – ridiculous talent that they have between people going off to the NFL, between people getting hurt. I mean, Nick Saban, you, you got to say that this guy's the best coach ever at the college level because competitive <coughs> recruiting right now, Alabama doesn't just recruit itself like it did when Bear Bryant was the coach. I mean, Nick Saban has to actually go out there and recruit and there's about 15, 20 elite programs. And yet year in and year out, it's all about Alabama roll tied five totally agree. championships it's impressive but not just that right he might be the best recruiter but he's also i think <clears throat> a guru on defensive um coaching uh, you know as a defensive coach because even people like tebow and other quarterbacks have admitted like it's the hardest thing to do is the scheme or plan against a nick saban defense so we tip our hat. I love Tua. He's six foot one. The kid's got a cannon and a lot of moxie because after Georgia kicks a 50-yard field goal and then he gets sacked 16 yards back, and you're like, wow, the Bama kid can't kick, so this game could be over, and they win 23-20. The next play, he gets up and throws a dime, looks the safety over with his eyes, total NFL play, NFL quarterback play that only 15 other guys maybe do because we know all the NFL quarterbacks don't do that. And then he just drilled it in. It was beautiful and great to see. And I think this kid is going to be the starter. I think Jalen Hurts, like Jacob Eason announced, he's transferring out of Georgia. I think Jalen Hurts will either go to running back or transfer. 
probably should go to running back because if he wants to play in the NFL. But Ray, I'm all about Tua. That was so impressive. And people under or people under under give him props in a sense that yes, he came in at halftime. He knew he was going to play probably. But your first big time, big time play, he played against Mercer and Vanderbilt. That's nothing. They throw him in in the championship game, Ray, at halftime, and he's got a he's down what two touchdowns and goes back and forth, throws for three touchdowns to tie a championship record. Nothing else to say. <laughs> it's just a beast. Uh, let's get to the NFL, Ray. Go ahead, tell me what what say it. No, I was gonna say, and and I'm pretty sure that Saban didn't plan on playing him the whole second half. He probably <laughs> thought I'll play him a series get the team fired up, and then maybe mix and match with Jalen Hurts on running downs, on passing down, maybe series by series. But he earned it, and he won himself a national championship. Very talented passer. Talking about another talented passer, going into Saturday, manana, double double dip, two days. It's the Atlanta Falcons, Ray. You got a bird against a bird. The Falcons at the Eagles. Obviously, we know it's Nick Foles. Against Matt Ryan, I'm going to let you stab at it first. What's going to happen, man? Is number one seed going down or are they going to flex? No, number one seed's going down. First time that the number one seed in the conference has been an underdog, as they should be. Uh, Atlanta's not playing great, but they certainly have momentum. They certainly have their moxie. They certainly have a wealth of experience, none of which the Philadelphia Eagles have. And your boy Nick Foles forgot how to play. And they're basically here because of Carson Wentz's, whatever, 13, 14 games. And they're just not ready. I think that uh, this team, although the front seven can bring it and they've got that rotating front four and they just keep bringing the noise, at the back end, I think that Freeman and uh, Julio Jones and and Austin Hooper and and all these guys – uh, they can, uh, Muhammad Sanu, they can make plays down the field. So as long as you give Matt Ryan a little bit of time and open up a little bit of hole, that this game could be a blowout. I, I hate to say it, but I think Atlanta could go in there and score 30, and I'm not sure Nick Foles can put up 30. So I'll say the Atlanta Falcons go into Philly, into Lincoln Financial, and eat their cheesecake and have it, eat their uh, <laughs> cheesesteak and have it too, and they, they win 30 to 20. Wow. Everything you said is right. Falcons, I think, what, they're probably favored by five, five and a half. What's fascinating is that people are forgetting about the Eagles' defense, but mainly the front seven. And I think this game, we're going to see that their secondary, besides Malcolm Jenkins playing pretty good this season, has been a little suspect. Offensive line hasn't been in sync. We know Jay Jai ate the Falcons up earlier this year when he played for the Dolphins, so that could be – a hopeful thing. He's got to find Zach Ertz and get him the rock, connect with, you know, Jeffrey again. Um, you know, Ray, I think the Eagles are going to show us a lot of heart, but it's not going to be enough because I think between Coleman, Freeman, you know, the double, probably Julio, he still might do something. He's still not a hundred percent. Julio's never a hundred percent. And and give the guy credit. He never, like, you know, tries to say, like, oh, I'm not playing 100%. He doesn't even talk about it. But everybody knows he's banged up. I think Sanu will be a difference in this. I'm going to agree with you, but I'm going to take the Falcons a little bit closer. 27-24, the Dirty Birds going to the NFC Championship. Saturday evening, Ray, this is all we love. 
a young emerging quarterback getting his first win people in the playoffs. People thought it might be Winston, but no, it's Marcus. I catch my own passes, Mariota, at the New England Patriots. Break it down, Ray. What's, what's going to happen? Ooh. Well, you like Marcus Mariota. That's your boy. I like and him Murray's too, out again. Murray's out again. Yeah, but that's okay because Derrick Henry's their guy. I think Murray's out of a that's job. Right. Um, so he's got to look elsewhere to get employed next year. Look, I just think New England is rolling. And, and, and like we said before, Pittsburgh is really the only team that can give them trouble on the way to the Super Bowl. The game's in New England. The weather will start to get cold again. Tennessee's going to have to run the ball. They're going to have to, have, they're going to, have to run the ball and make some big plays. I don't think they'll be able to make enough big plays to stay with New England. New England will score. I don't want to say at will, but New England will score easily on this team. I think it'll be 30, a 30-point 30 New England output. And, again, same, same deal. Can Tennessee go into New England, move the ball? They are a Derrick Henry-led team now. Marcus Mariota makes plays, but I don't know that he'll make enough. Um, you got no love for Dick LeBeau and, and the Titans' defense? No, 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 no. Not against this New England team that spreads you out. Gronk is healthy enough, um, you know, and they got all those young, the, the, the scrappy, you know, Hogan, and they got Amendola, and of course they got Brandon Cooks that still has the speed to get up the field. So I think New England, again, very similar to the Pittsburgh game. I think New England scores, I'll say, 31 and I don't think Tennessee can score more than 17. I think it's actually also a blowout. Wow. So you're all about that 13-point spread. I kind of agree with you. The one thing I will say is that Tennessee, they've got a little nasty to them, and they've got some clutch players. I definitely think Mariota's got the clutch gene. I'll always bank on Henry Delaney Walker. They really are good against the defense, but we know Dick LeBeau, is two and six against Brady in his years playing with Tennessee and, you know, Pittsburgh, <clears throat> you know, the zone blitz and coming from all over is fine, but not against a, a surgeon like Brady or even breeze. If they can get that pressure up the middle and Jarrell Casey will be that guy to knock, you know, some snot out of Brady, that's a chance to keep it close, but it's going to be very slim to few times that it happens I agree. I would say 31-20. So I'll take the Titans for the spread just because I think Henry's going to eat. The Patriots' defense is on a downswing, and it's not good. Both their coordinators are walking out the door, taking jobs. We've had this controversy. This could be the last run for Belichick. We won't really know. But I definitely think both coordinators are out of there. 31-20, Patriots get it done and uh, move to the AFC Championship. Sunday, they start off early. The Jacksonville Jaguars against my Pittsburgh Steelers. Remember, when they play week five, Jaguars' defense wasn't even really feeling itself quite yet, and they went into Pittsburgh, got five interceptions. Two or three of them were tipped, but they put the smack down on the Steelers and Big Ben. What happens this time around, Ray? Well, that was the first time where you started to say, Big Ben <clears throat> – on the way out is five interceptions. Is this his last season? But he eventually turns it around and, and tell him, talk to your boy Le'Veon Bell. 
Nobody's <laughs> retiring. Stop <laughs> the madness. You're at the prime of your career. But we, but right, you got to admit, running backs are having a renaissance, and these NFL owners and GMs have got to stop fronting and disrespecting cats. Even older cats have been still producing, like a Frank Gore or a Shady. See what Ingram and Kamara have done. Kareem Hunt. I'm okay with all of that, but nobody's retiring. Stop with the retirement talk. He's still got $50 million left to make in his career. Nobody's retiring. They better pay him. He's not Robert Smith. He's not going to (laughs) retire. So, anyway, bottom line is the Jacksonville Jaguars are terrible on offense and excellent on defense. And I think they'll keep the game close, and I think Pittsburgh will – struggle a little bit to open it up in the second half. But the problem is their D is going to be on the field the whole game. Pittsburgh, if they work the magic, they'll balance, they'll spread out Le'Veon Bell plus the receivers, and now with Juju and Martavis to go along with your boy Antonio, the first-team All-Pro. They'll pull away in the second half. I don't know that they'll put the beat down on Jacksonville because Jacksonville still has a very solid defense. But I'll say Mm – Pittsburgh wins 24-14. I like that. Very reasonable, very respectable. Um, I think we definitely win. I think it's going to be a little bit of a slugfest. But our defense, they've got something to prove too, right? Mr. Rookie Leonard Fournette went off on us, threw up like a buck 40 or something like that. Is going to be at the game? <clears throat> Shay's there. They're saying he's going to be, you know, listen, between that and them Their playing practice. the sixth song, Oh Mama or whatever, Ren- I mean, Renegade, the crowd gets hyped up. I, I think that uh, Jacksonville embarrassed them last time, and they're tired of hearing Jalen Ramsey chirp and run his mouth. And I think Ben, you know, he's got to respect them because they will pick him off. But I think he'll he'll find his way to McDonald, Jesse James, a little bit of Juju. Brian might beat one of them deep. They'll try to lock Antonio. At the end of the day, you're right. I'm going to go a little differently, but I'll say <clears throat> 26-16, the Steelers beat the Jaguars, and it's going to be 25 touches from Le'Veon, maybe 20 carries, five receptions. He'll be the difference. Sunday afternoon, the game of the week could be the game of the year rematch from week one with the Adrian Peterson getting one or two carries game, right? When Kamara was not Kamara yet. What do you think happens this time around? Drew Brees against Case Keenum. And now the talk is that they don't know if Sam Bradford's going to dress for the game. Who cares? It's Case Keenum's team right now, and Case. Oh yeah, Bridgewater's been the backup. They're, they're just saying because Brad. They're saying Brad. You know, they're trying to cause controversy where it doesn't need to be because Bradford's ready, and he's going to stay on the bench right. being ready. <laughs> exactly. Look, I look at this Minnesota team, and it amazes me how well that they've performed this year. They lost their starting running back. They, their quarterback situation was, you know, Bradford for a while. And then coach of the year for Zim. Steady. You got to give Zim some votes for coach of the year. Would you say he'll get votes, man. He will definitely get votes. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot of deserving guys and, and yeah, there are. right at the top of that list. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, uh, Latavius Murray, Case Keenum, your boy Stephon Diggs, Kyle Rudolph. I don't think. And Adam Thielen. 
And Adam Thielen, sorry, you're right. You know what? He's the first guy on that list. Even though your boy Stephon Diggs, we love him from Maryland, Adam Thielen is really the heart and soul of that offense, Frank. You're right. Uh, But I got to tell you, this Drew Brees team and this Drew Brees is on a mission. And Mm. remember, I thought Carolina would beat him in that first game. And they almost did. They gave him a good – they gave him a good, you know, good run. You, you thought, you never thought they were in jeopardy. But I tell you what, I just see that Minnesota as being the inferior team. I, I, I like the Saints. I like the Saints running game. And if the running game doesn't work, they go to the passing game. And if the passing game doesn't work, they go to running. The one thing that will hurt them a little bit is Sean Payton's a little too confident. He's got that riverboat Ron, that moxie mm. going on. I think you just play your game. Don't do anything crazy. You're the better team. And I just think that you guys can hold Minnesota. I think this will be a good game. It'll probably be the best game of the weekend. But ultimately, the better team prevails. And I think that, that if you put the ball in Drew Brees' hands with that running game that he has now, they're really unstoppable. So you that offense is just is just hard hard to stop, hard to guard. So Minnesota's got a great regular season defense, but I just oof in oof in the playoffs, not sure they can stop this New Orleans team. So I'll say New Orleans wins a close one, but they'll ultimately be in control the whole game. So twenty three eighteen New Orleans Saints prevail in Minnesota, go to the NFC championship. Wow. I've gone back and forth all week. Everything you said, I totally agree with. The one thing that I will say, Murray and McKinnon have stepped up and done a very good job where when Dalvin Cook went out, we were both thinking the season was done. When it was no Bridgewater, no Bradford, and it was Case Keenum, we all thought the season was done. Zimmer, the job that he's done, Rudolph in and out of the lineup, Diggs missing a game. Um, It's a yeoman's job. But what I think is going to happen, the Saints defense is, is playing good enough. But the one thing that I'm noticing, when they're at home, this crowd is so riled up. And the Vikings offense is actually kind of dangerous now at home. And I just got a funny feeling this Minnesota Viking team is on a mission and destiny, too, just like the Saints to try to potentially be the first home team, you know, my Falcons might have something to say about it, but to potentially be the first home team to host a Super Bowl in their building. And I think Keenum gets enough going with Rudolph and Thielen. Now Lattimore, really? he'll, lock one. he'll lock digs and then maybe they dub, double team Thielen. <clears throat> but then I think you'll get McKinnon out of the backfield, some Rudolph, you know, some other things going. I just think you're going to see a special performance from Everson Griffin, Anthony Barr, and Xavier Rhodes. And Harrison Smith is a very underrated safety. You know, it's, it's time. And this defense is ready to flex. So I think they wind up a last-second field goal, winning 26-24. The Minnesota Vikings will host the Falcons. Wow. Okay. Baby. I'm going with the Purple People leaders. Is it 1999 again? Well, let's hope Gary Anderson's not around to blow a kick. So, 
But <laughs> let's end the show strong. Go into the whole Ray. We're at the halfway point. Trade deadlines early this year, so you're starting to hear some rumors. All star games around the corner. We're you know middle of January. We got the great Martin Luther King Day games on Monday. But when you look at 34 and 10, first place number one seed for the Celtics, and 33 and nine from the Warriors. Forget about the top heavy. We know Cleveland's been losing. Which team, two teams, one from the East and the West, has really sort of impressed you? And you're just like, okay, they might be a little bit better than I initially thought. Give me one from each conference. I'll give you one and a half teams because <laughs> this is a half team because they've been there for years. The Toronto Raptors, you know what? Mm. The the play of DeMar DeRozan, getting those threes, stepping back his game, playing without Kyle Lowry, and getting – He only had 13 Jacob, last night, and they still destroyed the Cavs. Impressive. destroyed the Cavs. Ridiculous. Jacob Pertle getting some, getting some up front. You know, you know Valanchunas, if he's healthy, can do his thing. So even though this team I don't think is going to go to the finals – they're tough. They're tough. They're one of those teams that don't beat themselves. So they're the half team, right? The team that got onto the slow start but is looking good, the team that should be – we should be talking about the Wizards, but I'm going to talk about the Miami Heat. 24-17, and 17, <clears throat> the team that was left for dead, Waiters is gone for the season most likely, but they still have Hassan Whiteside. They signed him to the contract. They still have your boy Goran Dragic, former Phoenix Suns, and your boy Richardson, right? They are a surprise team that really should be in rebuild mode, but is actually going to be right now a four or five, top five seed in in the conference, right? So good for the Heat, man. You know what? I like to see that. I like to see a team that had the, you know, they had the big three. They went to the four finals. And they were gonna. They were on the verge of falling apart. Justice Winslow, you know, was a draft. It didn't really have that much of an impact. But they really found something in Hassan Whiteside. Brought over Dragic in the trade from the Suns, and they're competing. They're hustling in the East. They they have, you know, I don't know what their upside is, but certainly I'm I'm impressed. I didn't have them anywhere near the playoffs this year. Yeah, no, I I told you in our preview, I had them in the playoffs and I thought they would do well. Um, that was one of the teams I was going to definitely tip with that. So I'll go to the West for my other team. And we both predicted them to do well. They finally made the right moves with their GM coach, Tom Thibodeau. Minnesota Timberwolves, Ray, at 27 and 16. They've sort of gotten to a place now where Jimmy Butler is doing 25, 5 and 5. And he's becoming the the leader down the stretch. As they get Wiggins and Carl Anthony to you know be four quarter and solid you know game in game out defenders, I think the leadership from Gibson and Butler. Don't sleep on Crawford. Um, obviously Jeff Teague is solid and is you know just playing his part. This is really a nice team. I'd like to maybe even see them swing a deal for, a, you know, another shooter in the playoffs. Um, I think when you get to the playoffs, if they want to get to the semis or they'll probably be in the semis, if they want to get to Western Conference Finals, Carl Anthony has to be sort of the lead dog over Butler, I think, 
or both of them to both be at 25, 26 a game in the playoffs. But overall, I'm very impressed with their season. I think they're dangerous. And, you know, I don't know if they could beat the Warriors, but the way the Spurs and Rockets are, you know, they might be able to surprise them in a, in a seven-game series. Isn't a lot this of stuff going around. Man, huh? Isn't this the poor man's trust? I said, isn't this the poor man's trust the process, right? Look at all these number ones on that team. Carl it Anthony Towns. Anthony and they did Wiggins. it through a trade, giving up on love to get, you know, Wiggins and stuff. But um, it, I think it's fascinating that what they shipped out when we all were ripping the Bulls, and they're playing a little bit better than we thought. But, you know, even the double overtime win the other night against the Knicks, this Laurie Markkinen and Chris Dunn is starting to develop. And, you know, Levine's just got to get himself healthy. But I think the Bulls, they're, they're going to wind up being, you know, a surprise um, – maybe, you know, a little bit earlier with the shooting of, you know, Meritech and stuff for, you know, for next season. Yeah, but, if they uh, didn't have that Portis Meritech thing, putting that, you know, bad taste in your mouth, they're, yeah, they're nah. also, they hit rock bottom, and I think they're on the way up. Yeah, no, definitely. So, real quick question, in the back end of the East, though, do you, the, just the battle of these four teams, who do you think at the end will kind of really, you know, shine to really maybe get that that spot. I can't even say four because Charlotte's really been disappointed, but just Knicks, Sixers, um, maybe you could say Pacers and Pistons. Obviously, the Pistons a little bit of a, a leap ahead of those teams, but between those four, do you think it just stays Pistons and Pacers? And by the way, the Pacers have played some great basketball with the emergence of Victor O this year, Ray. He's, uh, you know, that's my that's guy. That's your boy, all-star. 21 and 20, yeah, he's going to be an all-star. You think they'll be able to maintain playoffs and maybe the trust the process and the Knicks are just not ready yet? So the Knicks are not ready yet. They're not making the playoffs. Philadelphia comes down to Joel Embiid. If he's healthy, they're a different team. They've got talent, but they don't have that anchor. And, and Ben Simmons, while he's a great young player, I don't think he can carry this team. His game is not quite there to, to you know, lift everybody up and carry it. How about the controversy with the shoulder for folks, Ray? What happened with him? Is he ever going to play? I don't know. I don't know. The truth is they don't even need him. I mean, they need him in the long run, right? But in the short run, they're, they're okay. They're learning how to win. So I do think ultimately Philly makes the playoffs and Indianapolis doesn't. Little disappointed in Milwaukee falling back to 22 and 18. Uh, I think Detroit will make it, but I think ultimately the Knicks and Pacers are out and Sixers are in. Where do you stand? I'm going to just tell you where I'm at with this whole Walton, Var Ball, the, the chirping, the potential one to trade, Lonzo. I'll say a couple things real quick. People need to stop. You don't ever trade Lonzo. The reason why Magic is not really coming out and saying stuff is because, you know, there's a lot of smoke and rumors that maybe they want to get Fisdale, you know, over there uh, to be the coach since Magic and Palenka did not hire Luke Walton to maybe appease Paul George and LeBron James if they want to come. I don't know. I'll say this, you know, they should be saying something to support Luke Walton, but he should just also ignore you know, I mean, everybody, ESPN needs to ignore LeVar Ball. It's just ridiculous. But if you look at Lonzo's season and it's that, the kid is actually not doing that bad, man. I mean, you know, he's, he's increased his scoring. He's got seven or eight, you know, seven rebounds a game. Yeah, look, 
he's fine. I think his game is fine. I hate his shot. I think ultimately yes. he's going to have to go and change, break down his shot. He'll, he'll, he'll shoot poorly for a couple of years, but then he'll have a more natural shot. The only person I could think of that shot that awkwardly was Jamal Wilkes. And I'm not sure yes, that, Jamal. you know, there's just one guy that has that awkward a shot that could, that could be considered a real legit NBA player. So he's going to have to break down his shot and take a summer and just start over again. But he's a heck of a ball player. And you're absolutely right. They need to get the microphone out of LeVar Ball's face. Go to Lithuania, deal with your other two kids, because this kid is fine. He'll be fine. Stop trying to micromanage. And you know what? In a closed door, Magic needs to slap him and be like, shut up. Just let yeah. me run my team. I'm a five-time NBA champ. I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm Mount Rushmore, and you're annoying. So let your kid play. Let your kid ball. Let his talents take him where he can. He'll be fine. I drafted him. And it's better if he does that for the is. locker room too, right? I mean, to me, Lavar's got. I mean, Lonzo's got to also sort of just stand away from his dad and be his own man, right? And it's hard Levar, to do that, though. I mean. You can't, no. you know what I mean? You don't want to come out publicly and dissing your father. That's that's harder no. to do. And you're 19 years old. But you, you got to talk to your dad or just say, man, talk to my dad for me. You know, it's like how some of these people need to talk to Trump. Stay off the Twitter, Trump. Well, somebody's got to talk to, you know, LeVar, stay away from microphones. Or, you know, like the NFL, the NBA coaches are like saying, like, uh, ESPN, shame on you. Like, don't put a mic in it. I mean, it's not a story that his kids are really in Lithuania. It's just not. I'm happy for them. God bless them, but it's not a story. So I don't know. Lonzo will be fine. And the Lake, if the Lakers trade Lonzo, they'll regret it forever. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think he power. was a number two overall pick. And they already had to give up on a, on a number two overall pick in D'Angelo Russell in order to get out of some uh, Brooke Lopez contract. So exactly. they they just need to just wait it out. They'll be fine. Trust the process. Yeah. And I think and by the way, no way. We get off. We tell everybody enjoy the football games. Probably be back Monday or Tuesday. We'll see. But enjoy the weekend. But, Ray, I will tell you this. No way LeBron James is staying in Cleveland. That place is getting really messy, and I think there'll be a trade before the deadline. It's it's not. Trade? You think he'll be traded? Not LeBron. Maybe Tristan Thompson. Oh, 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 oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Shake Oh no, they can't trade him because instead of burning right. his jerseys, they'll 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 go burn that building <laughs> for for the Dan Gilbert. <laughs> if they trade well, him abroad. Yeah, I hear they need a young athlete. They need they need somebody that can that can get up and down with them and play defense. You're right. They needed a Victor Oladipo. Let's keep it real. <laughs> so enjoy the games. It should be fun. I mean, obviously, you know, Patriots and Steelers, they could be kind of boring and ugly. Let's hope the Eagles and Falcons give us something. But everybody, Sunday afternoon, watch that Viking Saints. It's, it's a master class of a good defensive coach and Zimmer against Sean Payton. So it's going to be fun to watch. Have a great yes, sports have a great weekend. sports weekend. We're out. Peace.